bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Would you stand as we sing together? Slain. 
Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. Since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. In life, no fear in death, this is the power of Christ in me. Commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of with me. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this beautiful, cool mornings that we've been having. We're just thankful that we can come here to worship you, to be with fellow believers in Sunday school and church. We just thank you for the music that we've had and for the message that it is to come. We also pray, Lord, for the families of the victims in Maine, but especially, Lord, we pray for Israel. We pray that you will just put a hedge of protection around them to keep them safe. We praise these things in your name. Amen.
Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. and what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous. When God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, 
Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. We are uplifted by this reading, for these are the words of the Lord. The choir often sings, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone, but I also know how much you like to sing that as well. So let's sing it together this morning. Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. Would you stand if you're comfortable doing so? Mercy brings a 
join me in prayer, please. Father, thank you for the amazing love that you give. We are touched, we are inspired, and we are encouraged to be able to have the hope that you give. But help us to understand faith as best we possibly can. Because it is by faith that our chains are broken and you give us life abundant and eternal. And Father, you give us wisdom. You give us understanding and knowledge. You guide us through life with your ever gently loving hand. And I pray that, Father, we will have this faith for now and beyond. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We have an inclination to name periods of time. In history, you probably recall the time periods of the Industrial Age. You probably remember the Atomic Age, the Space Age. <laughs> One of my uh, largest leaps of faith was when I believed God calling us to the Pacific Northwest, specifically in the Seattle region. It meant leaving family, it mean, meant living uh, friends, longtime friends. Ministry connections that I had been developing for over 30 years. Leaving positions that I had long desired to be engaged in, worked hard to achieve. And probably the hardest was taking my mom's two youngest grandchildren far away. But this was the beginning of a significant age for me. For me, it was the faith age. When I left everything familiar, everything I had known for since I was probably two and a half in that state. But we understood that God had called us to that region. Debbie and I wanted to be obedient to that call, and in reflection, I believe that that was probably the best season of ministry and the best season for our family in those ten and a half years. I could have chosen to say, no, I think I'll stay with the comfort, the familiarity, and being very well known. But that's not what God desired. He wanted me to really engage in this faith age. What if the periods of your life were given a title? Would you be in that faith age right now? Faith shapes our life in three dimensions, in the future, the past, and the present. 
So let's look at these three dimensions. Only faith can make the future certain. This passage really is not an exhaustive passage about the definition of faith in chapter 11. Rather, it gives the chief characteristics of faith. The emphasis is upon any kind of faith, whether it's Christian faith or whatever. The focus is on faith. The arena in which faith operates is very interesting. There exists this, this definite sphere with which faith operates. The scripture talks about it as the future, the things hoped for, and also the invisible, things not yet seen. You see that clearly in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. To speak of the life of faith is to ask how you relate to those two frontiers. The things hoped for in the future and the things that you do not see. The Old Testament men and women, they had nothing upon which to rest except the promises of God. I just think of Abraham, who was a foreign worshiper until God spoke to him clearly. And Abraham, by faith, pulled up everything at God's command and left. These Old Testament men and women holding on to the promises of God without any visible evidence that they would ever be fulfilled. Now that, that's faith. <laughs> and yet, these ancients regulated their whole course of their lives based upon these promises that they heard from God. Their whole life was geared toward, not what's in it for me, although they did well, and they focused upon living life. It's how Abraham grew to be so wealthy. But his focus was on being obedient to God. And he heard God, and without any physical evidence, he followed him. And that's faith. To be frank, most of us, many of us, at some time or another, maybe even today, we have a hard time with this understanding of the arena in which faith operates, that we, we have a hard time following God when there's not something tangible that we can say, okay, we see God working here, there's something material here, and so I'm going to go ahead and move forward. But just the promise of God or just the, the, the communication of God through his spirit as he speaks to us in our prayer time or in the scriptures, it's hard for us to take that leap of faith without knowing what's ahead. That's faith. Also, we see the certainty which a faith achieves. The ancients could do that because of that certainty of what faith would achieve. Faith gives solid ground. 
Faith gives us understanding that I believe the promises of God. That's my foundation. It is like a title deed that I have saying, this is what God said. He has told me clearly, and by faith I trust it. In some sense, looking ahead, it's what Paul was talking about when the Holy Spirit came inside of us. It is the down payment of the hope that is within us. The promises of what God has given us, what God will give us, the ancients took it by faith. Things that uh, in the present have no existence, no existence as of yet, they become real and substantial in the exercise of faith. I remember hearing a story about a little girl that told her friend, I have a dime. A little girl, the second one said, well, let me see it. She said, well, I don't have it with me, but my dad promised me he would give it to me when he got home today. I have a dime. Now that's faith. My dad said it, so it's mine. It's already a possession in the present. That's what we do with the faith that God has given us. He gives us the promise. Faith is saying, I've already got it. He's told me it's a done deal. I don't have to worry and wait about it into the future. This is what he said, and so that's what I'm going to do. A great illustration is in Luke chapter 7 when you have the, the healing of the centurion's servant. If you remember, the centurion sent friends to Jesus. He said, listen, don't, I don't want to bother you. you. You don't need to come. In fact, I e don't even deserve for you to be under my roof. But my servant is dying, and, and I know at your word you can heal my servant. You know what Jesus said? <laughs> he said, I to the crowd with him, he said, I tell you, I have found not, I have not found such faith even in Israel. And then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. The faith to say, Lord, I know your power. And I know you can do this. You don't even have to come. Just at your word. I believe that we have to hold on to the certainty of what faith will achieve. The reality that if we have faith, God is going to do what he says he will do. He will achieve it. We just have to walk by faith. Faith makes the future present. And all of this is contingent upon the attitude which faith demands. In verse 6 of Hebrews 11, it says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Even in the initial approach to God, we must believe in his existence and his interest in us. We don't have to feel far away or that we're not worthy to come into his presence. We believe that he exists by faith, things unseen. And 
that he, he cares about us. He cares about what you're going through. He cares about specifically what you're going through, even though maybe nobody else knows. He is the one who knows. My encouragement to people all the time when they're going through difficult times or when they're by themselves or when they're in the hospital, I said, listen, I just want you to know you are never alone because the presence of God is with you through his spirit. This kind of faith that verse 6 talks about Without faith, it is impossible to believe God because anyone who comes to him must believe. This kind of faith enables a person to seek him with persistent diligence. It's what drives us to be faithful to him. It drives us to hold on to the promise of what is ahead. That it's going to be certain that whatever God has told us is already in the bank. It's there. It's secure. So we need to live as if it is secure. Only faith can make the future certain. The second dimension, only faith can explain the past. Now faith doesn't deal only with the future exclusively. Sometimes we think that, but it's not so. It also enables us to comprehend the past. Only only faith can explain the past. When God called me, as I reflect back to ministry on January the 2nd, 1977, at Central Baptist Church in Anton, Texas. A few of you know where Anton is. Sitting there on that front row of my dad's church, visiting them in my freshman year of college uh, over, the, uh, over the break. And I'd been dealing with this for a while, but that was the day that God said, I'm calling you to ministry. I told God, I said, God, I'm okay with that. I wasn't when I was in high school, I made it very clear. <laughs> but now he was actually calling me. And I told him, I said, God, I accept your calling. I'm going to do, I want to be obedient to you. Whatever you have asked me to do, I'm going to do that. I'm going to ask you to take care of my kidney situation. What at that time was about 26.5%. As I reflect back over the years, I think about how in the world was I able to accomplish the ministries that God had called me to, with the energy, with the focus, with the, the long hours, a constant interaction with people, the potential of, of getting sick and even, even worse things happening. And yet, I reflect back on the faith that I had that this is what God has called me to do, and he'll take care of the rest. And that's what he told me. For 39 years, kidneys that should have been retransplanted in my late 20s or early 30s, it continued on. As I reflect on what God has done, it is only Him. He promised, I'm calling you, I'll take care of you. 
Faith is about certainty of the future, but rests squarely upon the faith that understands the past. Here's what God has done. He promised to do this. He's been faithful. So as I look at that faithfulness, I know that it's going to be certain in the future, whatever God says. Faith helps us to understand the two most significant things about the past. Number one is that we understand by faith only the world was created by the word of God. You think about this, the cosmic universe of time and space came into existence out of a specific word from God. Now when you believe that, that is a confession of faith. You are standing on that because you didn't see it happen. That faith rests squarely upon Genesis chapter 1, where the scripture says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then you go on through 11 times in chapter 1 of Genesis that the Bible says, he spoke or he said. The word of God spoke into existence all of everything that is seen. The psalmist in Psalm 33, 6 said, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, by their starry host, by the breath of his mouth. And so when we reflect upon the past and what God has done, we take that by faith as believers, that God created that. But it is the faith that gives the validity to that revealed word and to that highest thinking that we have of creation. We have to step out on faith and say, well, this is the way it is. There are some in the science community that will say, no, it's, it's something totally different, and let us tell you how it is. But by faith, we believe what the scripture says, what we believe by the evidence now that we do see. But we know that all of this, as we reflect back into the past, it is God's word the word of God that's spoken into existence and that belief that the world exists is an expression of divine will is a fundamental to our life of faith if you don't believe that God created the universe you have no evidence expression of that faith you're searching for something else that's foundational. Also, we find that the world does not contain its own explanation. Look at verse 3. It says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. I like the translation Weymouth put on this verse. He, he wrote in his translation, What is seen does not owe its existence to that which is visible. God created the universe out of nothing. There were no materials. Scientists were pretty proud, and it is pretty remarkable that they can clone or create things in some sense of the way, but they had something to work with, right? If you're, making, if you're making a table out of wood, 
you have the materials to make it, right? You go down to the store, you buy the materials, you make it. Mine wouldn't look all that great, but you know, you can get it. <laughs> but God created the universe out of nothing. He spoke it into existence. So we come to this place of material causation is not enough. The Big Bang Theory is not enough. The visible universe was not made out of what we see. Rather, this is not a confession of science. It is a triumph of faith. We believe God did this, which was speaking to existence, creation. The third dimension, uh, only faith can enable us to please God in the present. Now, so far, we've dealt with these abstract definitions but let's take a look at some concrete evidence of what faith is. If you look at the entirety of chapter 11, it relates to the incarnation of faith, what faith really is in the life of specific people, specific people that had very specific problems that they had to deal with in life. And three things become evident. First is our faith enables us to please God with our giving. In chapter 4, the scripture says, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of, of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. So Abel's stewardship was more excellent than Cain's because of Abel's faith. This might mean that his gift was quantitatively more or qualitatively better we really don't know except that whatever he did it was by faith God specifically testified that Abel's offering was right it came from the right attitude it came from the right heart because the Bible says he gave it by faith so no matter what else, people always question the idea of Abel and Cain and what, what the... By faith he gave that offering. And God said, that's righteous. Further, faith enabled Abel to give an abiding substance. And I believe that we must give in faith as well. If our giving is going to be significant and a difference, our, our giving of our time and energy, of, our, of the material possessions that we have, of our giftedness and talents and skills, whatever we have, it needs to be given to God by faith. Only faith is going to accomplish the things that God desires, and he wants it to be right. Secondly, we find that only faith enables us to please God in, the, in, our, in our living. Look at verse 5. It says, By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Really, all we know about Enoch, we, we can put it in one sentence. He walked with God, and he was not. His fellowship with God in a very 
corrupt era of time was an expression of his faith. And I think that's important because sometimes we think we live in a very corrupt age. And we do. <laughs> what Enoch did is he just walked with God. He was faithful to God. And that was his expression of faith because there would have been a lot more temptations to go one way or the other. But his focus was on God. Faith made fellowship acceptable. And on the other hand, Enoch's kind of fellowship with God was his evidence of faith. So as we live our lives, faith enables us to please God in our living. To have that right kind of fellowship, to be an example, an expression of faith to others who might just be watching us, or even others who we might be very close to. And we inspire them and encourage them. <coughs> and third, only faith enables us to please God in our serving. Look at verse 7. By faith Noah, when warned about the things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Noah's faith differed from Abel's faith and it differed from Enoch's faith because it was a direct, special revelation from God. God said, Noah, here's what's going to happen and here's what I want you to do. Abel just gave his offering in the righteous way, with a right attitude. God said, it's good. Enoch, he walked with God his entire life. For Noah, Noah spoke, God spoke to Noah and gave him very specific instructions of what was going to happen and what he needed to do. Noah's faith consisted of, of taking God at his word. And then making the preparations. So there's two things here. And by faith, Noah heard what God had to say. Okay? And then he acted on it. And it says, it's a great plan, God. He actually began building the ark. To the chagrin of his neighbors, I'm sure. <laughs> This was the first time in history something like this was going to take place. God said there's going to be a huge flood. Noah probably thought, I don't even understand that term. But here's what God said. Faith enabled Noah to pay careful attention to what God was saying. And I wonder, as we study the Word of God and as we pray, are we paying close attention to what God is saying to us? Are we just saying, yep, I've read that before, and yep, that's a great, inspirational, but we actually don't take it to heart and put it into practice. This kind of faith of Noah vindicated Noah who through his faith, condemned the world. Meaning that they didn't listen to him. As he preached away for 120 years, while he was laboriously 
building that ark. They laughed at him. They ridiculed him. As he preached, they didn't listen. And through his faith, the world was condemned because the opportunity was there. Noah was told to prepare that which was unprecedented. And only faith, only faith enabled him to do that. And only faith enables us to serve in the present when our reward for our service is in the future. And I know some of you will say, I don't do this for the reward. I'm humble. So I'm not, I'm not serving God to get rewards. But God, through his word, talked about rewards for our faithfulness. It motivates, it encourages, it strengthens us to say, you know what, I'm going to be faithful here so that when I meet God, he will hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because all the rewards we get, guess where they're going? At his feet. It's an honor to him. And the scripture talks about that right here. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13 says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. I'm not talking about just Abel. I'm not just talking about uh, uh, Enoch. I'm not just talking about Noah. All through chapter 11, these names are being listed like a roll call of faith. These cloud of witnesses we will deal with later. It's by faith. Faith of what they didn't see, but the promises of God and what God said to them but they all died living by faith. And I think this should be our challenge. A faith for now, where we're living, and beyond for what he has for us. And I'm asking you the question, does, does that kind of faith, is it shown in your life now? Are you living in the age of faith? in the season of faith. The things that God tells you, but you don't have to have tangible. You just know that, well, this is what God said. Here's what he's told me to do. By faith, I'm going to do it. Sometimes faith is hard for analytical people. And we have some in our family. <laughs> but it's simply simply by faith here's what God said on this side we have the benefit of God's spirit living inside of us we have the benefit of his written word we have the benefit of our continual conversation and com commitment communication with God and this morning what I'm asking you to do is to commit yourself for this to be a season of faith and to stay faithful by not only listening but also engaging, doing, making preparations and accomplishing the things he calls you to do. Today, today during our invitation, please, 
you come and make that decision. Father, Hebrews is very clear. Help us today by faith to accomplish the desire of your heart. By whatever decision is made, in the pew or publicly, lead us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You'll stand, please. Open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. Silently attention to the insert that's in your bulletin about our Thanksgiving Missions Awareness Banquet, which will be on Wednesday, November 15th at 5 p.m. If you have not already purchased your ticket, I encourage you to do that either today, during this coming week, or next Sunday, because we need to give the caterer a confirmed count a week from this Thursday the 9th. So we need you to purchase those tickets either today, this week, or next Sunday. Also, on the back of your bulletin, you'll notice there's a reminder about the Operation Christmas Child Shoe Boxes. If you are filling one, that filled box is due back by next Sunday, November 5th. But if you are taking advantage of filling it online, then those need to be done by November 12th. There are a number of sign-up sheets out in the lobbies, one of which is for the Men's Fellowship Breakfast, which will be on Tuesday the 7th with Dr. Saul as the speaker. But next Sunday, let me draw your attention to that, we will be again observing the Lord's Supper during worship. I hope you will plan to be part of that. At this time, Pastor Kennedy and our Deacon Chairperson, Al Jackson, have a presentation to make. Every year about this time, probably don't have my mic on. Okay, there we go. Every year about this time, we uh, we present what's called the Energizer Bunny Award. It's always one of the one of the great highlights, and uh, our chair of deacons in just a few moments will be presenting uh, a few words and uh, and also a certificate. 
and uh, some other special prize that we have. Um, but let me read this letter. This is a letter from, uh, from Nancy and myself. Um, each year, the deacons of First Baptist Church, Sun City West, have the honor and privilege of presenting the Energizer Bunny Award to a person who exhibits a servant's attitude as they faithfully accomplish the work of the ministry in and through the church. This special person represents so many in our body of Christ who are obedient to God's calling and about his business. So the Energizer Bunny Award recipient for 2023 has served the last several years in numerous positions, most often behind the scenes. This person, being honored this year, got a drum roll, is Miss Sandy Pennington. Sandy. Would you come up? You look so pretty today. <laughs> Why don't you come right up and come to my right hand, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, all right. Well, listen, we're going to say a few good things about you, okay? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. It's a good thing you wore red. That way, if you blush, it will just match right perfectly. <laughs> Sandy has a true servant's heart. She's willing to help in any situation, meet any need, and does not shy away from the challenges meeting the needs of people or her church. Sandy and her husband, Bob, joined First Baptist Church Sun City West on July 4, 2021. Since that time, she has quietly and faithfully served behind the scenes in several areas, accepting the role of the co-team co leader for our kitchen team in 2022. And the volunteer role is very important, and she has excelled in making our food events and gatherings <laughs> joyful for all who participate. Is that not right? Yeah. We have a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy's faithful service includes much more than just being present at the day of our many potlucks, movie lunches, uh, banquets, hot dog, uh, cookouts, and the list goes on and on because we, we enjoy those. Her work in preparation begins long before she coordinates the caterers when needed, as well as purchasing food and supplies to ensure the event is enjoyable for everyone. We're so grateful. She covers all of those details, and it's always with a smile and a concern that everything be exactly right. When asked how she's doing, Sandy's often heard to say, I'm just peachy. <laughs> <laughs> that phrase is no doubt her way of letting you know that she is happy to serve. It is quiet, faithful servants like Sandy who honor God in everything they do from the smallest job to the biggest without any fanfare or desire to receive recognition except on this day. Yeah. <laughs> Sandy, you're a blessing to your church. Thank you so much for your exemplary servants. And uh, please know that we are very grateful to God that he brought you here. May you feel the love and appreciation for all that you do and so much of it behind the scenes. In fact, for myself and for Nancy, I know we have spent uh, time with Sandy in numerous capacities over these last two years. And we've observed her passion for God's kingdom, her commitment to First Baptist Church, Sun City West, her love and compassion for both people and her church. 
She serves with humility, integrity, and expertise. Sandy, we have the highest respect for you. So congratulations on the 2023 Thank you. Energizing Bundy Award. <laughs> <laughs> now, Al Jackson, our chair of deacons, has something to say and to give you, okay? Our dear Sandy. There are several things come to mind when we think about the Energizer Bunny. First, he never runs out of energy. Sandy, you seem to make working in the kitchen a real pleasure. The way you glide across the room. Two, the Energizer seems to keep things flowing and Sandy, you keep the food coming. Always more. Someone always there to help. Third, the Energizer seemed to enjoy what he's doing. And you continue to serve with a smile or a hug. Just a show of kindness. According to Proverbs 11.25, whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will be watered himself. On behalf of Pastor Deacon and our entire church family, we would like to present you with this year's 2023 Energizer Bunny Award. Thank you so much for your service to the Lord and to our church family. God bless. Thank you. And I have another little pocket. And you have this little bunny to keep you going. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Love it. It's easy to serve this church. Love you. Sandy. This plaque will be hung back in the main lobby, but I wanted her to see and you to see that indeed her name has already been put on the plaque. Amen. Sandy, we're going to ask you if you would just to stand down for folks to come and thank you. And also, if you would just take that Energizer bunny out of the bag so that people can see it, that would be tremendous. Would you stand as Carolyn Edsel is making her way forward to lead us in our closing prayer. Congratulations, Sandy. We love you. Shall we pray? Dear God and Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we would gather here today and just learn more about you. We ask that you will give us the faith that others will see so that they will want to know you also. Be with us this week, dear God, and bring us back safely next week. In thy name we pray. Amen. Amen.
exciting. 